0: Hi, I'm Adam McKay, and welcome to Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay, the show where we improvise a bedtime story to hopefully help you ease into a wonderful night of sleep during these crazy, bonkers times that we're living through. Hello, I'm Adam McKay, and welcome to Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay. I'm joined here with my producer, Mr. Harry Nelson. Hello. And the way the show works is Harry gives me a word, location, anything, and I improvise a story theoretically, it's for bedtime. I think we all know we're living in crazy, crazy times. And anecdotally, I've heard from a lot of friends that they get a little racy at night. So the idea of this show is you can just listen to a nice story, turn your brain off, put your podcast on the timer thing so it shuts off, so it's not going to play 20 other podcasts, and you can have a nice, relaxing sleep. The way the show works is I ask Mr. Nelson for a word, an image, a location, anything, and then I will slip into a story that will be made up on the spot. Which means, by the way, it may be a little meandering. It may have a hinky turn or two in it, but that's kind of not the point.
1: So, Mr. Nelson, first off, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay these days. You know, I'm a little, um, little worn down, I'd say. Wow, is that
0: from a lot of work? Is that from the stress of the crazy, crazy world? Or are you working out too much, lifting too many free weights?
1: No. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm always at the gym and just thinking about how crazy the world is. And, um, it's a tiring combination. Wow. So you're
0: working out and thinking about our undulating careening world. That is a bad combination.
1: Yeah. Cause oftentimes I get too dejected to actually con- like, I'll get to the gym and I'll start thinking and I'll get sad and I'll sit down and then I'll not actually do any work and then maybe I'll get a milkshake on the way home or something. Oh, boy.
0: Yeah, that's the definition of counterproductive. I like the working out because usually I can shut my brain off, but it sounds like you're
1: doing the opposite. Do you listen to music while you work out, or do you listen to a podcast? We do.
0: We do. We play music. A mixture depends on the day. We've done Gil Scott Heron, John Coltrane, sometimes just straight up Tribe Cult Quest, the trick is, you know, to work out hard enough that you're not thinking. Yeah. If the workout gets kind of slow, then yeah, I start thinking about, will democracy exist in three years? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> which, Which if someone's listening to this at bedtime, I probably shouldn't have said. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, but now we're gonna ease into a bedtime story. And we're going to take some breaths and Harry,
1: an object, a location, a color, whatever you want. I'm going to say a nice blue bicycle. Oh, I like that. A nice
0: blue bicycle. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, they used to really trick out bikes, you know, these weird little plastic strands hanging off the handles. I remember when I was in second grade, I got a yellow bicycle with a big banana seat on it. And the coolest part was it had a flag, a little orange flag off a plastic pole. And Harry, do you know who was on that flag? Um, Olivia Dukakis exactly Olivia (laughs) Dukakis which every no it was Evil Knievel oh cool and it was cool as shit and you know when you're that age and you have like a really cool toy the whole neighborhood lights up like I remember getting a wall sized kiss poster in fourth grade and like seven kids were looking through the window of my bedroom like oh, So, on the day that Jamie was to receive his bicycle, his excitement couldn't, had not possibly been higher. He had thought about this for weeks and weeks. His parents didn't have a lot of money. They lived in a semi-working-class neighborhood. And his dad worked at the Home Depot and his mom was a part-time nurse. So they did okay. They had a a little uh, two bedroom house and he had everything he needed. He had clothes, he had food, he wasn't going hungry, but there definitely weren't a lot of big vacations or sterling gifts out of nowhere. But Jamie was turning 12 and He had been saying for two years that he wanted a bicycle. And if ever there was going to be a year where he would get one, it would be this year. So the morning he woke up of his birthday, he went to school and school's fun, you know, at that age, class sings happy birthday, they have cupcakes. It's kind of cool, you get to pick your desk wherever you want to sit for part of the curriculum when they were studying history. He got to pick what part of history he wanted to study. So it was pretty fun at school, but it was all about when he went home. He was having a birthday party. There were eight friends that were gonna come over and they had a cake and His mom, God bless her, had blown up some balloons and done decorations, some of them handmade that she had drawn with a marker that were actually cooler than the ones you would buy from the store. He loved, on his cake, he loved having little figurines, so... When his mom brought the cake out and he had all his friends around him, there were little pirate figurines on the cake, which is just next to like blue icing kind of flowers and pirates and candles, just beyond belief cool. And he blew out the candles and there was one wish, I want a bike. He even said it out loud. One of his friends said, you know, don't say it out loud. It won't come true. And he was like, I don't care. I want a bike. And so his dad called him in the backyard and said, Jamie, we have your present. And he walked into the backyard and there was not a bicycle. Instead, staring, looking right at him was a dollock. It took Jamie a second to get his head around what he was seeing. It wasn't a pure breed. It was sort of a mix of a, a lab and a shepherd. Clearly a rescue. His family couldn't afford a pure breed. And dogs are awesome. So Jamie was excited and the dog ran, and jumped on him. And he loved it, but boy, did he want a bike. See, the thing was his three best friends... Travis, Scott, and Amy all had bikes. And the thing that Jamie wasn't getting to do was they would go around and explore the whole town. They would ride through parks. They would ride down Main Street. They would ride down side roads, and he couldn't go. Sometimes he would sit on Scott's bike on the handlebars or on the backseat. They would tandem ride, but it was uncomfortable. I mean, they were all kids. But now he had this dog, this lab shepherd and something else mix. And it was a sweet dog and it was a he. And he was scratching its belly and his friends were really happy. Like, dude, you got a dog. Like, how cool. So it was then that he decided to name the dog Blue Bike. His mom and dad looked at him. What do you mean you're calling the dog Blue Bike? And he said, well, that's what I wanted for my birthday. I didn't get it. So the dog's name is Blue Bike. His parents kind of shrugged, okay, it's your dog. Now that night, the, the other shoe dropped as his mom and dad told him, you're responsible for feeding Blue Bike. You're responsible for taking Blue Bike on walks. If Blue Bike messes in the house, you have to clean it up. And suddenly the whole idea of having a dog, which is pretty cool, just started to seem not that enjoyable, especially when the other option was a bicycle that he could jet around town on and feel free in the wind through his hair and with his friends laughing. And instead now he had to take care of this dog. Well, as the weeks went by, Blue Bike was a pretty young dog, not quite a puppy, about six months old. And Blue Bike would mess in the house, and Blue Bike would rip stuff apart. Blue Bike was a a sweetheart of a dog. I mean, definitely a big, lovey, roly-poly dog, but still kind of a puppy. So Jamie had his hands full, and... Many times, his friends came by, Scott, Travis, Amy, on their bikes, and was like, come on, we're going up to the nature preserve. We're going to ride through the pathways. And he's like, I can't. I got to take Blue Bike for a walk. And this happened a couple of different times. And it was strange because, you know, Jamie loved Blue Bike. Blue Bike would sometimes sleep in bed with him. A uh, blue bike was the sweetest dog ever, but it uh, he was a lot of work and it wasn't what he wanted. Well, one day, Jamie came home and his friends, Scott, Travis, and Amy had come by on their bikes and they had described this really cool adventure they were gonna do. They were gonna ride up through the nature preserve They were gonna get off their bikes and they were gonna go through this drainage pipe that went underneath the two lane highway that sort of segmented the area they lived in, go to the other side where there was a stream and they were gonna build a fort. Well, Jamie was going crazy. I mean, this was the coolest adventure ever. And he couldn't go, he didn't have a bike. So I told them, sorry, guys, I can't go, and I got to take Blue Bike for a walk. And they groaned, and they left, and Jamie took Blue Bike for a walk. He had kind of a standard walk. He went up like two blocks, went around the corner. By then, usually, Blue Bike was going to do his business, and there was a little kind of park playground area that, you know, he would do his business in and then he would loop back around the two blocks and go home. Well, in this particular day, Jamie had Blue Bike on a leash and went up the two blocks, turned on the park and said to Blue Bike, go do your business. And somehow, like his collar was sort of off kilter and he started pulling and Jamie pulled back a little bit and the leash came undone and blue bike bolted fast, shot through the park, went into the trees, which were right in front of a whole other neighborhood. And immediately Jamie heard a car horn honk, which scared the crap out of him because he loved blue bike. And he went racing across the field through the trees. He came out on another street just in time to see the back end of Blue Bike. By the way, with a motorist in the road out of his car going, what the hell? Get your dog on a leash. But Jamie just shot right past him through a backyard of a house and Blue Bike was tearing off. And when he came out on the other street, he couldn't find Blue Bike. He didn't see him anywhere. So he just figured the dog kept running straight and he ran through another backyard and when he did he he ran smack dab into an elderly woman um he was 12 so honestly anyone over the age of 50 looked old but this lady was older this was like grandmother old and she said how what are you doing young man why are you in my yard she was raking leaves And he said, my dog just ran through here and he got off the leash and I'm looking for him. She's like, take it easy. The fastest things you need to find in life come slow. He didn't know what that meant. And she said, your dog is enjoying being free, but he'll come back eventually. Don't worry. And he was like, I'm not so sure. I haven't had this dog for very long. And she said to him, well, one time when I was young, I had a dog, it was a Beagle, and he ran away and he was gone for three days. And when we found him, it turned out he had gone to the big house on the hill, the wealthiest family in the whole county. And for three days, my little Beagle was treated like a prince. They fed him pastries and even put a little tea in his water bowl and they pampered him and brushed him. When I finally found him, I brought him home and he looked like little Lord Falteroy and Yet he was still happy to see me. And from that day on, the two of us were closer than ever. And Jamie just wanted her to finish the story. He's like, yeah, 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 I gotta go. And he ran off and he climbed over her back fence. And it was one of those things where the fence on the front part looked pretty short, but when you went over the back end, it was actually pretty high. And so he fell like six feet down and rolled over. And all of a sudden he was in this giant garden with topiary sculptures everywhere, bushes carved into the shape of bears and whales and all these strange animals. And this yard was huge. It must've been like an acre. And he had no idea. I mean, he grew up around here, but he had never seen this backyard. And then the house itself almost had a, a sort of a mixture of a Japanese quality to it. Yet it was made out of brick. And he was just calling for blue bike, blue bike, blue bike. And this young, uh, this young boy came out of the house, and. He looked somewhat Asian, he had darker hair, but maybe there was another sort of mixture. He couldn't quite tell, but the boy boy had a very calm demeanor to him and he was wearing a very simple red shirt with simple yellow pants and he was barefoot and he said, hello, my name is Simon. And Jamie was like, hey, hey man, my dog, I think just ran through here. He said, I haven't seen your dog. I'm pretty sure he's around here. You didn't hear any barking? No, I didn't. But I'll tell you what. If you throw these dice with me, and if you beat me in the dice throw, I will tell you where your dog is. Jamie sort of rolled his eyes. You just said you don't know where my dog is. Throw the dice with me. And maybe... I'll be wrong. Fine, Jamie said. He thought he heard a bark off in the distance. Well, the young man took out two dice and they weren't regular dice. They were eight sided die. I don't know if anyone out there has ever played Dungeons and Dragons and they were red, see through red. And he said, you throw one die, I throw the other. The higher number wins. The boy was talking in such a slow, calm manner, and Jamie had this urgency, but fine. He took the dice, and he threw it, and it was a six. Good roll, the boy said. He took his die, he threw it, and it was a five. I shall tell you where your dog is. Up two houses over three Jamie paused to be, the kid had just told him he didn't know where his dog was, but Jamie didn't have anything else to go on. And he was so worried about the streets and cars that he just ran immediately as fast as he could. He went up two houses, hit a street and ran down three. And you know what? He heard a barking.
1: Sick of being upsold at gyms? Blue
0: bike, blue bike, he screamed. And he took a right and he ran, and there was a big house. Well, not a big house, but it was one of those houses with a giant porch to it. Uh, They have them back in the Northeast. You see these houses with these big, big porches, or Pasadena here in California has them. And It sounded like the barking was coming from inside the house. So he ran up the stairs, each of his footfalls making a loud sound. And he went up to the front door. It's a big metal door. A metal screen door with a giant wooden door behind it with a little picture window. And he looked in the window and sure enough, inside the house was Blue Bike. And he knocked bam, 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 bam on the door. Bam, 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 bam and the door opened, and it was a man. uh, Once again, Jamie's 12, so he's not great at telling. 40s, 50s, 60s? A very handsome man, but with bright silver hair, wearing a suit jacket and a collared shirt. And he spoke in an accent that Jamie didn't recognize. Maybe English, maybe Scottish, maybe Australian. And the man said, hello, how can I help you? Jamie said, my dog, I think my dogs in your house will come on in young man. And he walked in and he realized he was walking into a family gathering. There were eight, nine people there of varying ages, some older, some younger. And there were two people. One was playing the cello and the other one, the violin. And they were very, very good. And he noticed that most of the family had bright white hair or the younger people had blonde hair that was so blonde that it almost seemed white. And he couldn't help himself. He stopped because the music they were playing was so beautiful. He Just stood there for a second. And a a woman with bright blonde hair, maybe the most beautiful woman Jamie had ever seen in his entire life, wearing a flowered dress, came over and gave him a little plate with about three or four tasty little pastries in strange shapes that he'd never seen. And almost like he lost himself, he sat down on the side of an ottoman and he listened to the music. And the woman turned to him. She once again had an accent he couldn't place. And She said, Where are you from? And he said, I live about four blocks over. I've lost my dog. I thought he was in here. Uh, He may have been. Our door is open to all visitors, she said. You see, our family has traveled all around the world. Everywhere we've been, we've been chased away. Whether it's for financial reasons, political reasons, or sometimes even a delicious scandal, we only seem able to stay somewhere for two or three years. He looked at the family, and they seemed very happy and joyful, but As he looked closer at the house, he saw, yeah, there were paintings and photographs hanging up from all around the world, but there were also some unpacked boxes in the dining room that was next to the living room. And he said, well, where have you been? She said, we've been everywhere it seems. We lived in Buenos Aires. We lived on the Seychelles Islands. We lived in Western Russia we even spent some time in the arctic circle as a part of a scientific expedition but most recently we have come from new zealand by way of java jamie once again remember he's 12 he didn't know half these countries but the way she told the story he felt very relaxed he almost had a purring feeling across the top of his skull as the two people playing the instruments the cello and the violin kept playing and but then right at that moment he heard a bark a loud bark and it was from behind the house and suddenly Jamie snapped to and he ran out the back door and right in front of him was blue bike blue bike sit he said to blue bike and blue bike looked him right in the eyes and ran Ah, Jamie followed him as fast as he could. Now they were getting near the downtown, which was pretty small town they lived in, but still a little busier and cars, cars, cars. He did not want Blue Bike to get hit by a car. He was gripped with fear. He ran around the corner and all of a sudden he heard bang, bang, bang. He was on the main street now and he saw their little bank up the street. A guy was coming out of the bank holding a big bag and covered in blue paint with a pistol in his hand and he was firing back. Blue bike ran right through this and Jamie, before he knew it because he was running so fast, stopped almost exactly in front of this guy with the gun and the bag of money and the blue paint on his face. And he was terrified. He looked into the bank and there was a security guard on the ground with a gun drawn firing back. He felt a bullet whiz cutting through the air like a hissing snake over his shoulder. And the guy behind him was backing out as a car pulled up and he got in. And he could see down the street, despite everything that was happening, he could see blue bike tearing off. And a police siren in the distance and, and the car tore away and more bullets were fired. fire he it hissing, cutting through the air. At how fast do bullets go? Harry, do you know how fast bullets go? Like 500 miles an hour? Not off
1: the top of my head. I can look it up if you'd
0: like. Could you look it up? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the speed of sound is like 700 miles an hour. That's when you get a sonic boom. But I think bullets uh, travel. I think
1: bullets might go four, five, um, five, about 1800 miles per hour. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So, like Mach two, Mach. over twice the speed of sound.
0: Wow. All right. So, that makes sense. They cut through that air. I've heard that sometimes when you hear a bullet, you feel it before you even hear the sound. That's how fast they're going. Well, anyway, Jamie's on the street, but he's okay. Thank God. No one's been shot. It it was a little kind of volley and the car took off. And now there were three police cars tearing up to the corner and Jamie, he could see blue bike three blocks down, running down the street, and he started to run, and next thing he knew, a hand grabbed him, and it was a police officer. Young man, were you involved in that? No, no, I wasn't involved in that. I'm looking for my dog. He's like, I have to ask you some questions. Did you see the robber? And before he knew it, he was in the backseat of a cop car, and two policemen were asking him questions, and he had to describe this guy that was covered in blue paint, and he couldn't get past the fact that he was covered in blue paint. Everything they would ask him about him, he was like, well, he was blue. Finally, the police were like, this kid's useless. They pushed him out the door and he ran down the three blocks and he didn't see blue bike anywhere so he took a left turn figuring blue bike wouldn't go towards the railroad tracks a bunch of rocks over there and he ran down this street and before he knew it he was in the middle of a giant party it was a block party he was across on the other side of town now and this was a different part of town this was the cuban part of town a lot of cubans lived there And there was incredible music going on. There was a band with horns and a singer and people were dancing and there was foods that he had never seen. There must've been 300 people on this street. It was the most joyful thing he'd ever seen. It was like, how have I never been over here? But he heard a bark. And on the other side of the block party, he could have sworn he saw a blue bike, so he tried to run through, but as he was running through, a woman grabbed him in this beautiful dress and spun him around to the Cuban jazz music. And he danced for about five bars of music. She was incredible. He had no idea what he was doing, but she was so good, it was was a magical moment. And as she spun him out, he kept running through the block party, Ran down the street, he heard his dog bark, and the next thing he knew, he was back at his house. And sitting on the front steps was Blue Bike, panting. <laughs> you know, there's arguments about can dogs smile when they pant and you see their lips go up. I, I think they can. I've seen a lot of pictures of dogs. Harry, do you think dogs can smile?
1: Um, I think they can smile. I don't know if they know what smiling is but they can look really happy. Our our dog, we
0: have a dog, Timothy. And when he's really happy, when he's at a good hike or walk, he pants and he just seems like in all his glory. Well, that's what blue bike looked like on the steps. And Jamie ran up to him, put his arms around him, pet him blue bike nuzzled under his chin. And just at that moment, Travis, Scott, and Amy wheeled up on their bikes. And they said to Jamie, Oh my God, Jamie, you missed it. We had the greatest
1: adventure ever. The end. Well, Blue Bike gave him a better adventure than an actual Blue Bike would have.
0: Yeah, kind of, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was up with that kid, that sort of psychic kid with the dice? I don't know, man. I mean, you know,
0: the truth is until you go running through backyards in your neighborhood, you don't know who's around. Yeah. I mean, it's also possible Jamie's 12 years old. The kid wasn't that strange. Yeah. It's just that Jamie didn't know the world. But yeah, yeah, Blue Bike definitely took him to some different places. And uh, I don't know. I think I'd take a dog. Over a bike.
1: Yeah. I mean, in this case, it seems like it. And also, you know, there's always next birthday. You have a cat, right? I have a cat, yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm going to
0: remember the name of your cat. Oh, my God. I know the name of your cat. Grandpa?
1: Grandpa. Yes, yes. We have a cat, too. I didn't know you had a cat.
0: Yeah, my oldest daughter, Lily, has a cat. Petals. Petals. Oh, Lily
1: and petals. That's sweet.
0: Yeah, black and white cat. And then we have our... Our rescue dog Timothy was like about four different he's a total junkyard dog. Yeah. Uh Timothy, we had we live on kind of a busy street. So we had to train him for like four months not to run in the street. And it worked. One time he got loose and he stopped. He didn't run in the street. So Great. um well, I hope you enjoyed our bedtime story. And uh we'll be back next week with another one. And I hope you're actually asleep right now as you're hearing these voices. And thank you so much for joining us. Say goodbye,
1: Harry. Goodbye. Bedtime Stories with Adam McKay is a production of Hyperobject Industries and Sony Music Entertainment. It's executive produced by Adam McKay, Claire Slaughter, and me, Harry Nelson. With production assistance by Jordan Allen and Zaley Mahone engineering sound design and original score by Isaac Lee. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you're not sleeping on headphones because like that is helpful, but also probably bad for your ears. Look it up. I don't know.